the earth. The root crept forth, rootlets of the earth. Royal rootlets spread their way through the earth to hold firm. Down too went the tap root, creaking like the main post of a house, and the earth moved. Cliffs rose upon the earth. The earth lay widespread. A standing earth, a sitting earth, was the earth. A swaying earth, a solid earth, was the earth. The earth lay below, from below the earth rose. In the spring of 1823, after a journey from New Haven of 158 days, the Reverend Charles Stewart, his wife, and their companion, the black missionary Betsy Stockton, who had once been a servant in the household of the president of Princeton University, along with fellow Congregationalist missionaries in the second company from Boston, watched from the brig Thames as it tacked along the north coast of the island of Hawaii. The broad base, covered with Egyptian darkness, came peering through the gloom, wrote Stuart in his journal. The reality was too certain to admit a moment's question, and was accompanied by sensations never known before. The first tumult, quickly succeeded by something that insensibly led to solemnity and silence. Canoes of natives pulled alongside the brig, and the excited Stuart, who had become an astute and even sympathetic observer, had his first view of the men he and his brother ministers and lay teachers had come to baptize in the name of the Lord. Their naked figures and wild expression of countenance, their black hair streaming in the wind as they hurried the canoe over the water with all the eager action and muscular power of savages, their rapid and unintelligible exclamations, and whole exhibition of uncivilized character, gave to them the appearance of being half man and half beast. A boat was sent ashore, and when it returned, a ship's officer sternly advised the missionaries to remain on board the Thames. If I never before saw brutes in the shape of men, I have seen them this morning. You can never live among such a people as this. We shall be obliged to take you back with us. Stuart was alarmed. He wrote, Can they be men? Can they be women? Do they not form a link in creation, connecting man with the brute? The missionaries did not heed the officer's warning. How could they, after the great distance they had traveled and the avowals they had made? But instead disembarked, confused and alarmed. Stuart was to remain so for some time. There is still dispute and controversy as to the identity and origin of the first human settlers in the Hawaiian Islands, although most scholars agree that the initial voyagers sailed from distant islands, known by Polynesians as Kahiki, in the South Pacific, most likely the Marquesas. Around 1200 B.C., the farmers and fishermen who had migrated over centuries from Asia to Australia, Indonesia, and New Guinea, began to move slowly across the Pacific, sailing to Fiji, Tonga, and Samoa, which lie only a few days' sail from one another, where they became the ancestors of present-day Polynesians. After almost two thousand years, the islanders began to venture farther, eventually reaching Hawaii to the north, New Zealand to the southwest, and remote Easter Island to the east. Historians once believed that many of the islands in the Pacific were discovered by fishermen who had been blown off course, although the fact that the first voyagers to Hawaii carried with them crops, seeds, and animals, as well as women and children, suggests that some of the journeys were deliberate and well-prepared. Abraham Fornander, 
a historian who was a circuit judge on the island of Maui in the late 19th century, believed that the first settlers arrived in the 6th century A.D. in what would become the Hawaiian Islands, and lived secluded and isolated for twelve to fourteen generations until the beginning of the 11th century, when Polynesian folklore, legends, and chants attest a second migration of voyagers who made the journey north from Tahiti, a distance of 2,626 miles. The double-hulled canoes of the settlers were eighty to one hundred feet long, rigged with masts and triangular sails woven of low hulla, the dried leaf of the hulla, or pandanus tree. A raised platform, screened and roofed with mats, was lashed across the hulls for the women, children, animals, plants, and, not least of all, the images of the gods that the travelers carried with them. When there was no wind, men sitting two to a bench would paddle with the guidance of a master steersman who trained